three years ago, I had the privilege to go on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land with a group of priests. And of course, one of the places that we went was to Nazareth. And there, certainly, we went to the large church that is the Basilica of the Annunciation, which is built over the spot where the angel Gabriel came to visit the Virgin Mary, to invite her to become the Mother of God, where she said yes, and thus, the very spot where the Word was made flesh. But right there on the same property, there's another smaller church, which is the Church of St. Joseph. And it was in this church that we celebrated our Mass that day. And within that church, the Church of St. Joseph, there is artwork up not only of St. Joseph specifically, and some of the events that Scripture records of his life, but indeed artwork of the Holy Family. And so as we spent time there, it was impressive to consider that perhaps on that very spot where the church was, or perhaps very near to it, was exactly where our Lord Jesus had spent most of the years of his earthly life, growing up in the Holy Family, together with his mother, the Virgin Mary, and his foster father, St. Joseph. It was impressive to be there and to consider these things. And this also impressed Pope Paul VI, when he visited there some years earlier, just that he commented that in Nazareth we can find a kind of school where we may begin to discover what Christ's life was like and even to understand his gospel. With this in mind, it's not a surprise that on this Sunday, this first Sunday after Christmas Day, the church directs our attention to this life so often hidden, but into which very intentionally our Lord Jesus placed himself. Having come from the sort of family that is the Holy Trinity, he then placed himself to grow up in the human family. So we have the opportunity to consider those few little windows in Scripture that we have into this life, including today as we hear in the Gospel reading how St. Joseph was called upon to move the Holy Family from Bethlehem to Egypt, and then from Egypt to Nazareth, protecting Jesus and Mary at each step from dangers that might threaten them. So we notice that St. Joseph, as well as the other members of the Holy Family, were living out that vocation to marriage and family that so many of those who follow Christ have received. And so on this Holy Family Sunday, we may do well to ask ourselves, what is the state of the vocation to marriage and family among Catholics in the United States today? I think it is quite fair, without exaggeration, to say that it is in crisis. When we look at statistics comparing 40 years ago to today, we see that among adult Catholics, the the percentage of those who are married has dropped by 26%. And if we look at young adult Catholics, the percentage has dropped by 31%. These are overall statistics that I'm sure that every one of us can consider personal anecdotes in our mind 
with our own families or those we know that correspond to what these overall numbers show. And it should not be any surprise to us that this would occur within what's going on in our society. Because in the society around us, the mistakes, the wreckage that has to do with our society's view of marriage and support for it keeps getting worse and worse. Am I referring to the increasing legalization of same-sex marriage? Yes, I am. But this is only the latest step in a whole series of steps down one wrong path. And it would never have been possible without all the other steps that preceded it. Consider what we have seen over the last hundred years or more. The legalization of divorce, and especially of no-fault divorce, which quickly brought on the legalization of prenuptial agreements, such that we have the phenomenon that divorces can be planned before the marriage even begins. Similarly, we have had the legalization and the spread of contraception and of abortion and of pornography, especially among men, but even now among women. And there are other forces at work as well, economic forces, such as those that pull members of families far apart from each other, or those that force both parents to go out and work, or also things like the school system, which end up replacing the influence of parents in their children's lives with those of their teachers and their peer group. All of these things have pushed us further and further down this road in which what we are surrounded by and what we are taught and what we are, in effect, brainwashed by and pressured into is more and more of a mistake and further and further from the vision of marriage that we should be following. What does the government expect from your marriage and family? Nothing. What does society expect from your marriage and family? Even worse. Something short, temporary, as long as it's fun. But what does Jesus Christ expect from your marriage and family? And there, of course, we come to the key question. What does our Lord Jesus Christ expect from your marriage and family? What Jesus Christ expects from each one of us who are baptized in him and who have dedicated ourselves to follow him is that we will say yes to the vocation, the calling, to the state of life to which he invites us for which he has suited us perfectly and to which he promises to give us all the graces that we will need in order to live it out. He expects us thus to live this state of life in complete fidelity, in a generous love, even a sacrificial love, in complete commitment, in a way in which we live out our lives more and more living his same life, his same love, his same fidelity. And as always, that is a light in this darkness that is the world around us. I don't suppose that you thought that if you didn't find yourself called to priesthood or to religious life, then that meant that 
you weren't going to have a difficult calling, that you were going to have an easy life, one of pleasure. No. This is not an option for a follower of Christ. It is what the world hands out, and of course, which we all eventually find to be full of emptiness and pain. No. What Christ calls each one of us to, regardless of which calling it is, will be something that is difficult, but something that is amazing. Something that will take all the love and all the strength that we have and will multiply it and change us and change those around us as we cooperate in the project of Jesus Christ to redeem us and to redeem the world. Thus, someone who is called by Christ to marriage and family, the first thing that they must recognize is that their spouse is an eternal being. An eternal being who has created good, but who has been corrupted by sin, but whom Christ wants to save. And they recognize, as C.S. Lewis once wrote, that if Christ succeeds in this, in transforming their spouse into a saint, then on that day, they will be a creature so glorious that if they could see them now, they would be tempted to worship him or her. But if that project does not succeed, and if this person instead rejects Christ and goes in the other direction, well then, they will be the stuff of nightmares. And of course, that's not true just of the spouse, it's true of each one of us. And so it is that the one who is called in Christ to marriage and family does not look to the spouse for fulfillment because they know that only God can fulfill them. But rather, the two of them, as being partners upon this lifelong journey of change, of sanctification, of leaving behind sin and selfishness, of growing in love, generosity and goodness and holiness so that step by step they at last can arrive together at the heavenly kingdom. Both of them having become saints. What a worthy goal that is. Of course, it will not be just the two of them because if that is the number one thing to realize then the number two thing to realize is the children that they produce and an openness to children is not an option in Christian marriage, that the children they produce are also eternal beings. That in the cooperation between husband and wife in creating these new creatures, God himself is also cooperating. Since every single human soul is directly created by God, and thus every child is a cooperative effort of three persons. And so the husband and wife will know that they have the opportunity and the obligation not only to bring the child to baptism and to the other sacraments, but far more than this, to form them, to immerse them, to bring them to Mass, to teach them to pray, to help them to know from the beginning by telling them about God, about Jesus Christ, about the Virgin Mary and the saints and the stories of the Bible to form from the very beginning in these most basic ways them into the saints that our Lord wants them to become. 
This is not easy. It is not easy at all. And if anything, it is becoming harder. The Catechism notes that back in the first Christian centuries, when one person would become a Christian and their whole family, then these Christian families would then be islands of Christian life in an unbelieving world. We recognize that today this very same phenomenon can occur again. And thus it is that 50 years ago the Second Vatican Council picked up that ancient expression to again call the family Ecclesia Domestica, the domestic church. And when we live this out, what then are the possibilities when this all goes right? In this case, your home, your Christian home, animated by your faithful following of your call to marriage and family, becomes the first school of Christian life and a school for human enrichment. Here one learns endurance and the joy of work, fraternal love, generous, even repeated forgiveness, and above all, divine worship in prayer and the offering of one's life. The call to marriage and family, like the call to priesthood or religious life, is not easy. It is hard, but it is amazing. Our Lord Jesus leads the way. And if we follow him, if we all, in whatever state of life we are called to, walk side by side down this road, following the light through the darkness, then at long last we will join the holy family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. We will join the divine family of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, at long last in the joy of heaven.